0: So we've been in a series that we started last week called Encounters with Jesus. And what we've been doing is focusing on some of the first encounters that different people had with Jesus at his birth, at the announcement of his coming, and we're exploring how that initial encounter impacted the remainder of their lives. But friends, more importantly, how it's supposed to impact the remainder of our lives, Right? And so as we get started today, I want to encourage you that one of the best ways to do that is to understand that God desires to encounter you. God desires relationship with you. God desires to commune with you, right? Relationship with God should not be reduced to religion. Relationship with God should not be reduced to religious hula hoops that we jump through. Relationship with God requires, you ready for this? Relationship. Real relationship, right? And so God wants us to know him. And today I want to encourage you to push past my voice. Push past what I may have to say and go and encounter Christ through the scriptures. Look, I'm not that smart. I bring you no opinion that can really help you. But I do want to point you to the scriptures because the word of God speaks and I would encourage you to join in with us. We have a practice here at the church. It's one of our core values that we really want to just know Jesus. And so today as we lean into the scriptures, I want to encourage you to join with me in being open to God and opening your heart to God. A couple of ways we can do that. You might want to put before God. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you to put before God. God, is there something that you're teaching me today? Is there actually something that you're teaching me, something that I have, I've been ignorant of, not that you are ignorant, but just ignorant of this reality, of this truth? God, is there some? Is there an error in my life, in my belief, in my thought process? Is there something that's erroneous? It's just not good. God, are you, are you, are you showing me something right in the midst of my wrong? Are you showing me how to do something differently, how to change something? And lastly, God, What do you want me to do? How should this impact change in my life? Where am I going with this, right? Today we're going to dig into the scriptures and we're going to look at the life of a young woman named Mary. Mary. And Mary was a young woman who was chosen by God to bring Jesus into this world. Now that's more than just the birth of a child. You see, God saw fit to come in the form of a man because men broke it. And a man had to fix it, but we can't. Would you agree? Right? Uh, come on, we can be honest, right? We, we can't fix it. We make mistakes. We drop the ball, right? We, we really make a mess of things sometimes. And yet, he came in the form of a man through this young woman named Mary, and he called her to nurture him as he grew. He wanted her to be a part of his grandmaster plan to touch humanity and make things right with us, to draw us back to him. But Mary faced an initial challenge, one that you and I face daily. Yeah, we face it daily. It's a challenge that has the potential to draw us away from encountering Jesus. Let's turn to the scripture, starting at Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Right? And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. She was troubled. Instead of producing joy, this produced trouble in her heart. Why? We'll see that in a second. And she considered what manner of greeting this was. And when the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Jesus. You shall call his name Jesus. Yeah. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no one. And then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? I do not know a man. I've never interacted with a man which would give me those results is what she's saying and the angel answered and said to her the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also that holy one is to be born uh, who is to be born will be called the son of God and now indeed Elizabeth your relative has also conceived her son in her old age In other words, he's using this for reference. He's saying, this was impossible for her, but I want you to see that God works. And he says, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And then Mary said, listen to this response. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her. What can we learn here? Look, the reality is that there's no denying that this was a powerful moment. It attests to the miraculous work of God in the life of a young woman named Mary, a woman who didn't know exactly what was going on. It it, it defied her logic, her reason. It defied the norms of that day. It went against everything that seemed to be right, and yet, Be that as it may, she says, according to your word, be it unto me. You know, it's very likely that there are some of us who find it a bit far-fetched that God would see us, favor us, choose us, and call us and want to use our lives miraculously. But let me remind you, friends, Mary felt the same way too. Mary felt the same way too. And why is that so important Because while the conception of Jesus in Mary's womb was a miracle, would you agree? I mean, that's pretty miraculous, right? It's pretty miraculous. While it was a miracle, there was another miracle that occurred in this encounter that was necessary for Christ Jesus our Lord to enter the world. And to bring about the salvation that we all need. You know what that miracle was? Mary had to say yes. Mary had to say yes. She had to say yes. She had to go past logic, past reason, past social norms, past all the things that went completely against what God was telling her. You see, her yes was miraculous in that it paved the path for the Savior of the world to come forth through her life but also to give her a new life. Today, friends, I want you to lean in with me to the scriptures. I want to talk to you on the topic, your yes matters. Your yes matters. you going to tell three people, your yes matters. Come on, look at somebody else, your yes matters. If you're online, your yes matters. Come on, type that in the chat room, tag somebody, let them know that their yes matters. Your yes matters, friend, yes matters. It really matters. Your yes matters to the Lord. You see, your yes to the Lord is much more than an assent. Your yes to the Lord is more than a declaration of support for his plans. Your yes is more than a verbal affirmation. See, when you and I say yes to the Lord, friends, we're also saying no to anything that threatens to get in the way of what he's calling us to. When you and I say yes to the Lord, we're saying no to common sense. When you and I say yes to the Lord, we're saying no to fears and doubts. When you say yes to the Lord, you're also saying no to people. And when you say yes to the Lord, you're also saying no to personal preferences and comforts. You're saying no to how you think things are supposed to go. You're saying no to self-serving desires. When you and I say yes, Lord, what we see is we begin removing those things that can deter his purposes for us. You see, yes, it was a miracle that she was to birth the Savior of the world by divine conception. But it was equally a miracle for her to say yes to what God wanted to do. Friends, I have a question for you, for me, for us today that we really have to wrestle with. We have to take it to heart. We have to allow it to speak directly to the core of who we are or who we think we are and what we think life is about. We have to answer this question. Have you truly said yes to the Lord? Have you said yes to the truth in His Word? Have you said yes to His purposes and plans? Have you said yes to what is right and true and godly according to Scripture? Have you said yes? to how he calls you to to conduct yourself as a husband, as a wife? Have you said yes in how he's created you to to lead as a business leader, as a teacher in your career, wherever you are? Have you said yes to the things that God has called you to and created you for? Had you said yes to how he wants to use you in the body of Christ? Even in this house, have you said yes? Have you said yes? See, when Mary said yes to the Lord, she was also saying no to a potential life with Joseph. Because, I don't know about you fellas, but I don't know that I would buy that story. Yeah, okay. God's the father. Yeah, Sure. Uh, See ya. Right? So she was saying no to the potential of marriage in the life of Joseph. She was saying no to what people would think of her because in those days, social norms dictated that the only way this could happen was by fornication because, you see, she wasn't even married. This was a huge no-no. And so she, in, in saying yes, she was also saying no <laughs> to the pressure to conform to her fears and worries because having this child before marriage would be viewed as a result of a bad choice and it could lead to death, right? Right. saying no to to having this child, saying yes to having this child was also to say no to how she thought her life should go because it was a disruption to the plan. It was a disruption to what she saw for life. It was a disruption to her, the home they would have, the marriage they would have, and the life they would have. But on the flip side, somebody say flip the script. Yeah, flip the script. But on the flip side, of what she said no to, her yes opened a beautiful and powerful door. Her yes opened the door to God. To God. Her yes opened the door to God's best plan for her life. Yeah. See, Mary's yes opened her up to God's favor, to God's presence, to God's hand of intervention. For the remainder of her life. Yeah. Friend, have you indeed said yes to the Lord? Have you really? Let me just also encourage you with this because I'm, I am i got to remind myself of this. That what, whatever I say to you in public, God sees the truth in private. So, you know, when we're, we're talking about have you said yes to the Lord, right? Just Just realize that. God already knows. And so for some of us, we would be wise not to fool ourselves. Have you said yes? Have you leaned into what God has for you? No condemnation in that, friends. If the shoe fits, don't wear it. (laughs) Don't put that shoe on. It's time to change that, right? And so... Have you said yes to his guidance? Have you, have you said yes to his correction? Have you said yes to his wisdom for your current season? Have you said yes to the excellent work that he created you for? I remember years ago, I found myself, um, my wife and I, we had moved upstate. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we were commute. I, I was commuting to the city at this point. Uh, God had opened up a miraculous door. My wife ended up taking about a 35 to 40% pay cut. And you're going, that's a miracle? she trust me you don't know the whole story she took this significant pay cut right to start working at a church where we had been attending for a while and she became the youth pastor's secretary and and you know she was thriving there and but but you know in my mind you know it was all good because i was making a lot of money working in the city on an executive team and in a large nonprofit that's nationally recognized and it was you know, developing programs that were, you know, model programs and huge budget and lots of staff. And I was kind of coasting, you know what I mean? Like, like at that point where, where I was at, uh, up until that point, it was like people were managing themselves, programs worked, and I just kind of was consumed in my day with pushing paper, looking at contracts, developing different things with other executive managers and going to conferences and different things. And So I was like, yeah, it's all good, but there was something within me that was off. And I remember this one day, I'm on the train at Salisbury Mills. I'm taking the Port Jervis line to go down to the city. It's early in the morning. And I'm on the train, and I'm doing what I would usually do. I'm reading my Bible, and I had been reading through the Old Testament, and I was reading the book of Isaiah. And as I'm reading the book of Isaiah, I'm conscious of this frustration in me. And so I closed my Bible, and I said, Lord, something's off. Something's amiss because, look, my friends are upstate. My family's upstate. My home is upstate. My church is upstate. My life is upstate. And here I am, 15, 16-hour days, pulling, traveling, going to conferences, doing all these things, and this can't be it. This can't be it. And so I prayed a dangerous prayer. I said, Lord, this can't be it. Help me see what you want. I happen to open my Bible back up after my little boo-hoo, crying, complaining session. And I happen to come across Isaiah chapter 6. And it's the portion of Scripture where the prophet sees the Lord high and lifted up, exalted on his throne in his majesty. And the Lord says, whom shall I send? And he goes, send me. And when I read those words, send me, I, I'm telling you, it's like I'm right there in this moment. I didn't see the words, send me. What I saw was this. What I saw was people. What I saw was community. What I saw was uh, encouraging others and, and learning from others and building and, and, and following after God. And I saw ministry. But in the recesses of my mind, there was still my plan. And so I prayed a dumb prayer. I said, yes, Lord. That wasn't the dumb part. The dumb part was, I know that one day that will come to pass. And in my mind, I'm thinking, my kids will be out of college. Right? I won't have all those bills. Things will be different. It'll be easier. Four months later, I was a volunteer at the church. My wife is working at the church. And the youth pastor, who who's the son of the pastor, says, hey, my dad wants to meet with you and your wife. He wants to take you guys out to dinner. He just kind of wants to, you know, spend some time. with you." And I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. I've never really connected with him like that. And so I'm like, all right, cool. So he comes to our side of town. We meet at Youngest Brothers, literally a town restaurant. I can still pinpoint the table we were at. I should probably ask him if I can have that table because it, it was a moment, man. It was a God moment. Long story short, we sit at the table. We're having dinner. He's asking us about our family. You know, we're talking. We're learning a little bit about him and all that, connecting. And then he pulls out this manila envelope, and he went straight Godfather on me. What I'm talking about is he made me an offer that I could not refuse. He pulls out this manila envelope, and he says... Jose, the Lord showed me that you're the next youth pastor at our church. And he says, and I have brought you the terms of your job. So I look at this. There's a job description, right? There's holidays, days off, vacation time, right? There's expectations. There's all this stuff about culture. There's a handbook. And then there's a letter with an offer. Benefits and everything, and it was half my salary. It's half my salary. I know what some of you are thinking. Devil's a liar. <laughs> no way. This might sound crazy to some of you, but I'm going to tell you, and look, this isn't because I, I've arrived. But I literally gave it no thought. I didn't give myself an opportunity to say no. I said I accept. He said to me, and, and what was crazy, he went straight against. He says, how much time do you need before you can start? Before I answered him, and I said, I accept. Give me a month to resign my position. The reason why I said yes, and, and mind you, the math did not add up <laughs> financially. Trust me, it did not add up. The, the numbers did not match our budget. Our expenses, it did not make sense except that I had already said yes to the Lord. I had already made up my mind, Lord, yes. And when that door presented itself, I said, Lord, I say yes because I still believe that you're the one that makes things that are impossible, possible. That's the God we serve. Friends, your yes matters like Mary and you. I too was afraid. Oh, I was afraid. Oh, I had doubts. Oh, it made no sense. It interrupted my plans. It really did. But when you say yes to the Lord's plans, friends, hear me clearly. Your yes will give you what you need to push through when everything screams no at you. Because when you say yes to the Lord, you must understand that you also say yes to his hand. You say yes to his provision. You say yes to his purposes. You say yes to a brand new life. Yeah, something that goes beyond your experience and your challenges and the circumstances and the economy, it goes completely against all reason. And mind you, when I did this, it was in the middle of the real estate market crash. Right in the middle of it. And so I want to share some thoughts with you that I feel will bless you and encourage you to really begin to say yes, to make that firm decision. The first thing I want to say is that if you're not saying yes to the Lord, you're also saying no to him. If you're not saying yes to God, you're also flat out saying no, Lord. No. We're saying no. Mary could have said no to giving birth to Jesus, to being the mother who would nurture Jesus into adulthood, to the sacrifices she would have to make. She could have said no to all that, but ultimately, if she said no, she would not be saying no to what it would take for Jesus to come to the earth. She would not be saying no to that. She would be outright, emphatically saying, no, God. In other words, I reject you, God. I reject you. I say no to you. We think that we're saying no to serving. We think that we're saying no to giving time. We think that we're saying no... To giving finances. We say that we, we think we, we're saying no to connecting with community. We think we're saying no to doing something that conflicts with our desires. We think we're saying no to something that's hard and, 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 and will create some challenges. But what we fail to realize is that none of that factors in. We're saying no to God. We're saying no to God master creator majestic, all-powerful, all-knowing. We're saying no to God who created you and I with specific plans and purposes. We're saying no, God. We're rejecting God. Let me give you some scripture from the words of Jesus lest you think I'm giving you an opinion here. Luke 9, starting at verse 23, Jesus said to them all, if anyone desires to what? Come after me. Come after me. Let him deny deny himself. Let him deny himself. Friends, to prefer yourself is to deny Jesus. And to deny yourself is to accept him. It's baseline to follow him. It's the very beginning. So Jesus says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And we hear that and we go, yes, I'll take up my cross. Do you realize that the cross was an instrument for death? In essence, what Jesus is saying is willingly pick up the same instrument that's going to be used for you to die daily. How many of you signing up for that? It's a tough one. I get it. It's it, it, Man, it's, it's a hard call. Everybody say this with me. I love. I love. Pastor Jose. Thank you. Whew. Whew. I feel better already, man. I, look, it, this, is, this is tough stuff. I get it. It's hard. It's hard. And yet, according to the words of Jesus, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for his sake, for his purposes, for his plans, for his desires, for his will, for his anointing upon your life, that person will save it. Somebody say, it's not about me. me. Yeah, tell somebody, it's not about you. Tell somebody else, yeah, it's definitely not about you. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not, a, it's not about us. Not a, some of you are like a little too excited to tell somebody that. You need to stop that. Friend, it's not about us. Watch what Jesus says. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? Do you realize that what Jesus is saying is to prefer yourself and deny him is to lose? Your bank account may look fat, but my friend, you're dying inside. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and his father's and of the holy angels. Hmm. Friends, saying yes to the Lord (laughs) is a commitment to dying daily to yourself so that you can say yes to him. We have to die to say yes. We have to set aside our selfish ambitions, our our temporal, limited desires and goals, and have a heart that's yielded that says, Lord, before me, it's you. What do you want? Because, friends, when we do, then... When we say yes to Jesus, then, then His ways, His purposes, and His person takes priority in our life. Then. Yeah. Now that's hard when you think about it. You know why? Because we, we prioritize ourselves. We really do prioritize ourselves. It's the reason why you get up at all odd hours of the night, and you work like a slave sometimes, and you make sacrifices for people, and you, and you pursue, you go hard. Let me ask you a question. While you're running on that wheel, where are you going? Where are you going? Thus, that's why Jesus says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? And lose his soul. Listen, you can gain the world, but you're still stuck in the same place doing the same thing. You look like everyone else. And Jesus says that's a losing race. You're moving, but you're not going anywhere. It's like a rocking chair. Oh, you got motion, but you ain't going nowhere. That makes sense? Yeah. The second thing I want to encourage us to consider is that saying yes to the Lord Involves risk. But saying no is riskier. It's a lot riskier. It really is. Yeah, see, Mary's yes to the Lord's command involved risk. We we heard about it already. I'll just briefly touch on it. It was a risk because she was breaking the law in the eyes of people. It was a risk because there was a threat to Jesus' life, right? We know that because the Scripture talks about a guy named Herod who said, that baby has to die. Kill every baby under 2 years old. It was a risk, Yeah. It was a risk because of the hardships it would produce. It was a risk because she uh, she was risking publicly being ostracized by her own people and her family. It was a risk because there were a lot of unknowns. And ultimately, none of that mattered because Mary understood that the most significant risk to her, to her life, and to us, is not the risk involved in following Jesus. It's the risk in saying no. It's the greatest risk we run. I want you to think about this. God Almighty says, follow me. Let me show you something different. Let me... Take you somewhere. Let me lead you. Let me help you. Let me show you my ways. Let me show you what life is really about. And now, picture this. Now, I'm good. I'm going to go get this money. I'm going to go chase these women. I'm going to go buy these cars. I'm going to go vacation all I want. I'm going to do all these things. Look, there's nothing wrong in those things in and of itself. But here's when they become wrong. When they become what we love. And they become what gives us a sense of our worth and value. When they replace the love of God and they... Disrupt and detour, detour the love that we are supposed to have for God for things, for self. It's a problem. Now, unless you think I'm giving you my own ideas here, let me point you to Scripture. Deuteronomy 5.33, God says to the people of Israel, You shall walk in the ways which the Lord your God has what? Yeah. Commanded you. Not a suggestion. Not a suggestion. I'm telling you this is what you got to do. He says that you may live, that you may live, that you may enjoy, that you may know true life, and that it may be well with you, well with you, that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. Like, that really should bring us to a place of pause, friends. Because what we see is that disobeying God is the riskiest thing we can do because it goes outside the boundaries that he intends for us in life. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. That's the highway. That's the road. On this side is a boundary that says, hey, you're going to live, and it's going to go well with you. And then on the other side is the boundary that says, and I'm going to prolong your days, and I'm going to bless the land, the territory that I've given you. that's, That's the path that's set before us. But now, envision a society where we have no guardrails, no speed limits, no lights, To warn us, no stop signs, no yield signs, nothing. Can you imagine what that world would be like and you're driving in it? Friends, what makes us think that it's any better when we go outside the boundaries of what God says? He says, do what I'm telling you. Friend, if it's in the scripture... And it challenges your belief on what it means to be a husband, do what the word says. Yeah. If it challenges your perspective on how you should be relating to your customers and how you treat people, do what the word says. Do what the word says. If it challenges your notion of what you think it means to follow Jesus, do what the Word says. Why? Because the Word of God will never fail you. It will always produce what it was intended for. God equates His Word to a seed and the rain that falls upon it and that seed will always produce. He says, it shall not return to me void. Friends, that sounds like a sure investment. That's a hundred percent return. Why not trust Jesus? Why not follow His Word? Why not do what he's commanding you? To not do so is risky. Tell somebody, stay in your lane. lane. Tell somebody else, you got to stay in your lane. Friend, you got to stay in your lane. You got to stay in your lane. Got to stay in your lane. The last point I want to leave you with here is that your yes cannot be based on convenience it must be based on commitment Hmm. you know what the truth is most decisions we make are based on convenience Is this convenient for my schedule? Is this convenient for my lifestyle? Is this convenient for my preferences? Is this convenient for the season I'm in in life? Is this convenient with my job schedule? Is this convenient with my relationships? Is this convenient with my social life? Is this convenient with what I want, what I desire, what I'm pursuing? Is it convenient Let me give you Jesus' perspective on this. Luke 9, 57 through 62 says, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said, Lord, Jesus, I will follow you wherever, wherever you go. Whatever you want, whatever you say, Whatever you dictate is truth. I will go wherever you go. I will follow you. Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. Let me tell you what Jesus is talking about. Foxes have convenience. Birds still have convenience. He said, but the son of man, he has nowhere to lay his head. Lest you think that this is, that Jesus was saying, I'm broke, I got nowhere to stay. No, Jesus was always on the move. Because he wasn't driven by convenience, he was driven by commitment. So he said to another, follow me! Don't miss this. Come with me. Follow me. Follow me. He said, Lord, let me first, let me first, let me first go and bury my father. First. I hear your call, Jesus, but it'd be convenient if I could first go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. He wasn't being insensitive. You see, he may be dead, but if you hold on to that hurt, it will kill you. It will destroy the purposes that I have for your life. He's not even there. (laughs) But you go and preach the kingdom of God because you see, when you start following Jesus, that will add life to you that will benefit you in every single way. And then Jesus, and then another said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. Let let me get one more nap. Let me watch one more episode of my Netflix series. Let, 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 Let me get a little more rest. Let me just eat a little bit more. Let me just spend a little more time. Let me just relax a little bit more. Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back, listen to this, is fit for the kingdom. Listen to what Jesus is saying. Anyone who follows me according to their conveniences doesn't even fit you haven't even been placed as a piece in the puzzle because you're shaping your life incorrectly you're building your life according to your design not mine no fit can't put a square peg into a round hole Friends, as we stand here today and we come to a close, let's stand here. We have to consider that every person here, these two people that had this encounter with Jesus, they wanted to follow him. Man, like, I I really want to follow Jesus, I really do. I know he's God. Believe he's good. I understand that he he paid the price for something that I can't fix and he makes the way for something that I can't do on my own. I get that, but but I still got some stuff going on, and I just got you know, I I just gotta take care of this. Let me do this. They had a desire to follow Jesus, but their desire was contingent on what was convenient. So their priorities, listen closely, could coexist coexist with following Jesus. And here's what Jesus says. If you're trying to coexist, you're trying to keep all these priorities and have them coexist. If the call I have on your life to follow me, you're not cooperating. You can't even begin to exist in relationship with Jesus. Your answer is yes. This is a holy moment, friends. It's a, define, it's, it's, it's a divine moment, not because of the place we're in. It's because I believe you hear the same thing I hear from Jesus for my own life. I believe you hear it for yours. Follow me. Follow me. I get you got plans. You got dreams. But follow me because the plans and dreams that I have for you are so much better. I know it seems like a good idea, but son, daughter, have you stopped to consider if it's my idea? Let's take a moment to talk to God. And as we do, I want you to think about this. What is Jesus saying to you? What is He teaching you? Is He showing you in place of error? Is He showing you the right way in the midst of what's wrong? Is he giving you a concrete action step to start with? Whatever that is, start following him there. I don't know your story, friends. But I have a story. I tried doing it on my own. Man, it was bad. And I can literally pinpoint the day. I see it clearly in my head. Where I made a decision, I said, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. That doesn't mean it's been perfect. (laughs) That doesn't mean I still haven't gone my own way and wanted my own things and did my own thing sometimes. But there was a decision in my heart, Jesus, yes, I will follow you. And you know, at the point of yes, yes, is literally where everything began to change. It's where Pastor Nett came into my life. It's where intervention began to happen, where people began to be removed from my life, where doors began to open, where I began to grow in confidence that I was and I am a son of God, that there's so much more to life than what I see and what I've been told and the comparisons that we chase after. Friends, I don't know your story, but I know this. His story will change your life. The plans He has are for your good. Yeah. You think you know happiness? (laughs) Trust me, you're just rejoicing in some things that are happening, but you don't know happiness yet. Today's a day of decision. And it requires a response. Will you say yes, or will you say no to God? Let's talk to God. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages. Uh, past events that we've done, you'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.